I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today is an interesting topic for me. We're going to be talking about goal setting and accountability. And the reason that it's super interesting is because I feel like my relationship to goals and accountability and that whole realm has really shifted substantially in the last, I would say, five years. And I would say that it's shifted in a way that has been very positive and supportive of me actually accomplishing goals. I feel like, as we'll get into in this episode, my former relationship with goal setting was one that, you know, I was always putting pressure on myself and a deep sense of urgency to get things done that number one maybe I didn't really actually connect with on a personal values level and that just laid so far beyond what actually felt achievable to me which would often result in this spiral of low self-worth because you know you're setting these really really high goals you're not actually getting to experience accomplishing them and then that kind of perpetuates this idea that I'm not capable of accomplishing things that I set my mind to and just overall was not a pleasant way for me to experience this whole domain of goal setting. And so the reason that we're actually talking about this today is that I put out a Q&A on Instagram to see what people wanted me to talk about and this was one of the topics that came up a lot. And I'll be honest, I think because of my past relationship with hustle culture and productivity culture, my initial feeling when I saw that this was coming up was like, I really don't want to talk about that. I feel like it just immediately invoked this sense of sort of urgency whenever I consider, you know, goal setting and inadequacy. And I think that is more rooted in my former relationship with goal setting. And so I reflected on it for a little while and I recognized that despite the fact that I now approach things very differently, I have actually really been able to accomplish things that I'm very proud of. And Pretty much everything that I've ever set my mind to has been actualized in recent years. But again, the way that I've approached it has basically done a complete 180. And I think, again, if I were to approach it in a similar way to how I did before, it honestly just the whole realm of goal setting, productivity, all that kind of thing just gives me the ick. And so I'm not going to approach it in that way today because again, when I consider how I how I approach it now, it's actually a way that really deeply resonates with 
me and my way of doing things but I will say that it took some time to disconnect from what I perceive to be like the traditional way of going about setting and accomplishing goals and just establishing a system that really worked for me and my way of being and that's one of the big themes on this podcast is giving at least myself permission to approach things in a way that make my time here enjoyable and I think sometimes when I think about goal setting the image that immediately comes to mind is like something that is very punitive something that is very you know oriented towards success and all of these things that are quite often rooted in other people's ideas of how we should be living our lives and upon further reflection weren't really rooted in what I actually desired out of life. My reflection before getting into this conversation is I think that at least from my perspective, we love to see a finished product. We love to see the end result of someone working towards a goal and having accomplished that goal. But what we don't ever really see, at least, again, this is only from my perspective, is the process of what it took to get there. We don't really see all of the many failures that may have happened in between. And when we're in that experience maybe we feel like there's something wrong with us because we're comparing our work in progress to somebody else's final result and you know not having visibility to a lot of people's process and what it took to get to that end result it can lead to from my experience just feeling bad about where we're at and I think as we'll get into in this conversation, a really important thing for me with respect to goal setting is to feel good about myself, is to feel confident and to feel capable. And my ability to feel confident and capable is going to mean that the goals that I have for myself are actually ones that I can see myself achieving. It's not going to look like somebody else's because sometimes when I try to assign somebody else's goals to my own life, it's not really based on what I'm actually capable of doing. And so then I feel inadequate. And I'll give a lot of examples of this, but honestly, I think that the biggest area that I've been able to witness my approach, my former approach to goal setting and how that's evolved over time has been fitness. And so when I say, you know, when we adopt or inherit somebody else's goals and then think that we need to have those same goals and if we can't get there, then there's something wrong with us, is the realization that we all are so different in what our bodies are capable of, in what we actually want to do from a fitness perspective, in our hormonal levels, in different conditions that we may be experiencing or navigating. And so I've just really learned to the best of my abilities, not focus on the goals of other people and then use that as a measurement of how capable I am. I have had a lot more success in being able to establish a really deep connection with my own personal, first of all, desires and values out of life, but then the actual 
measurable goals linked to those desires. So I want to paint the picture a bit of my former relationship to goal setting and then kind of explain how that's evolved. I've kind of already mentioned this, but I would say the biggest characteristic of my former relationship with goal setting that I would argue bordered on toxic or at the very least unhealthy was largely rooted in adopting goals for myself that were predominantly associated with external validation, comparison, or what I should be doing. So from a fitness perspective, my fitness goals in the past were never really rooted in what do I want to get out of this experience? What do I how do I want to feel in my body? What's really important to me to be able to experience in my lifestyle? And then what is the fitness routine that will support that? My goal setting as it related to fitness was predominantly rooted in I need to look a certain way in order to be loved and accepted by others. So therefore, I need to create a fitness routine that is going to get me to that point. Or from a career perspective, it was never, okay, this is the image of what an ideal lifestyle looks like to me, and it's based on the values of freedom and flexibility and creativity, and therefore here's the path to get to that point for me. My goal setting as it related to career would be more along the lines of, okay, this is what career path looks like the most prestigious and will get me the most recognition and will get me to a level of financial success that will make me feel accomplished in the eyes of others. And so this approach of focusing on, again, comparison, external validation, and, you know, the expectations of others, it made me feel very disconnected from not just my life goals, but also my life in general. I didn't feel like I had a deep connection with any of the things that I was really working towards, which can be a quite honestly depressing feeling to feel like you're putting all this time and energy into these things that if you were to reflect upon deeply, didn't really matter to you. And I do think that it can be very hard to come to that realization because in some situations, these goals have been hammered into us for as long as we can remember that these are the things that we should be working towards because of X, Y, Z. So it can certainly be an interesting process to try to withdraw from that a little bit and to choose how I'm going to participate in my life and to identify the things that are actually really important to me. And that was kind of a long process for me to come to the realization that, first of all, I needed to look at my life and go through that process of, hey, I'm working towards a lot of things that clearly are not important to me and I feel really disconnected and low and I I don't know what I'm really doing all of this for. And then to then be able to ask the question of like, okay, well then what do I want? And if you've never really asked yourself that question or you've never been taught to think about your own desires or your own values, 
that can take time, at least it did for me. But it was such a worthwhile exploration, even just in getting to know myself a little bit better and to be able to establish a deeper connection to the things that I was working towards. When things really started to shift for me and once I started to shift my relationship as a whole to not just my life but the way that I approached goal setting, I actually began to feel more of a connection to myself and my life and my journey, but also I actually felt like I was a lot more successful at accomplishing things. And not only that, I was enjoying myself a lot more. And when I thought about what actually characterized the shift that I experienced in my relationship to goals, I would say that there are three big factors. The first one is, which I already kind of touched on, when I gave myself permission to define my own goals for life. And I actually specifically remember a period of my life where I, and I've talked about this before, where I went through every single category of my life, whether it was relationships, living environment, career, health, etc. And I just for maybe even a few months, got really clear on a vision for each of these areas. Now, of course, that's evolved over time, but it was the first time that I actually asked myself, okay, what does what does something that feels really meaningful and valuable and sustainable to me in each of these areas look like? And I gave myself permission to have a say in that and to not need to be told what the ideal scenario looked like. And I think that process started with getting clear on my core values and I've talked about core values before and how they've informed my relationship to my life but I would say the way that I went about determining my core values and getting connected with them was actually by considering what I did not like in my current lifestyle. I find it kind of hard to just conceptualize a vision from nothing I tend to use contrast to come up with a vision or with ideas or that kind of thing so what I would do for example in this process of sitting down and establishing a vision in each area of life was to also ask myself as a starting point okay what don't I like about my current situation and giving myself permission to articulate that and to not feel ungrateful for saying, I don't like this, I don't like that, to just get it out and to see what that told me about what I actually do want out of life. So just as an example, something that continued to come up with my career and my work life was I really didn't like the schedule, I really didn't like the restrictiveness of the career path that I was in and I felt that that was something that I couldn't see myself sustaining. So what that told me about myself after further reflection was I really valued a certain degree of freedom in a career. And that helped to inform my goals with respect to my career. And the first iteration of that was I ended up finding a remote job. So that allowed me a little bit greater of a sense of freedom. And that And then, excuse me, that eventually evolved into becoming self-employed. And so 
I have different goals throughout this whole experience, but it's all rooted in the same value that I'm kind of wanting to incorporate in a bigger way into my lifestyle. And the reason that I'm saying, you know, giving myself permission to define my own goals is I don't think anyone was necessarily going to approach me when I was in that initial phase of deciding how I wanted to move forward. I don't think anyone was going to approach me and say, hey, you really should be pursuing a career that has more freedom involved. In fact, I would say that the opposite was true. I felt like if I ever tried to breach that topic of conversation with other people, it would be more that that was an unrealistic standard and, you know, this is just the way things are. And so being able to just recognize that I'm allowed to have my own relationship to my life and what I believe is possible for me and giving myself permission to just have different ideas about what I want out of life and whether or not that is possible for me. And when I was establishing this new relationship with my goals and with my life path, I think it was really important for me to take everything to a level deeper. So not just establishing a goal and leaving it there, asking myself why I was pursuing that goal and why it mattered to me and taking everything a level deeper. What I find is the more I can connect with the consequences of not achieving a goal, the more likely I am to pursue it. So as an example, I remember specifically sitting in an office when I was working a nine to five and looking outside at a beautiful, gorgeous summer day and just feeling like, I want to be out there. I want to be experiencing life outside day to day. I want that to be a bigger part of my life. Why? Because I feel best when I'm able to be outside and to spend my days outside and to enjoy the daylight and to not walk to work in the pitch black and then go home in the pitch black. It brings me a sense of mental well-being to be able to experience daytime and to be outside. And because when I was in the situation that I was in working the nine to five, my mental health was so bad, I could see that if I didn't do something about that, it would probably continue to go downhill. And so the consequence of me not pursuing something that I had identified was important to me, which was to find a career where I could have that flexibility and freedom to set up my day in the way that I wanted and incorporate more time outdoors. If I wasn't able to do that, I could see how my mental health would continue to decline because obviously these were things that were really important to me in life. And then I could even take it a step further and say, okay, well, if my mental health declines or continues to decline, what happens then? Well, I feel my relationships take a hit. I physically feel unwell. My health declines. I don't have as much energy and all of these other consequences that I can link back to not moving towards something that is really important to me. So again, just to reiterate, giving myself permission to define my own life goals and then getting really clear on why it's really important to me that I start to move towards that goal and maybe what some of the consequences are or could be if I don't move towards that goal. And the reason why I think this is effective for the way that I operate is through trial and error, I've discovered that I can't consistently give energy to something or the energy that is required to actualize a goal 
that I don't deep down care about. Maybe I can temporarily, but how is that going to feel throughout that process? If the majority of my time is being spent on things that I actually don't care about, how do I feel doing those things? And the reality is I don't feel great. And if I don't feel great, what to me that signals is I'm not going to be able to maintain this routine or I'm not going to be able to maintain the momentum needed to achieve this goal. So that's the first thing that changed with respect to my relationship with my goals. The second thing is when I factored pleasure into the equation. Again, when I think about my former relationship with goal setting, I just think about this hustle culture attitude where everything is urgent and everything is sort of punitive in a way. What I've determined for myself is, well, first of all, I actually want to experience pleasure in this lifetime and hopefully a lot of it. And enjoyment for me contributes to my willingness to continue pursuing a goal. I can have a goal and I can approach the same goal differently when I actually factor in pleasure and joy. So let's take the example of having a fitness goal. Well, when I factor pleasure into the equation, my fitness routine is going to look very different from a fitness routine where I'm not considering my pleasure. And again, I've experimented with this a lot where I've established a fitness routine that is basically rooted in punishment and I just don't want to do it and I never keep those things up. Whereas when I find ways to exercise and move my body that I enjoy, that are pleasant and that motivate me to continue doing it, I will do it that much more. I will be excited to do it and that will become a much more sustainable part of my routine. So why does it matter to me to incorporate pleasure and enjoyment into my goals and generally into my day-to-day life? Well, I've established, as I mentioned, through trial and error that all punishment doesn't work for me. I'm not someone that is motivated by, you know, again, just punishment and being hard on myself. And, you know, I've been to fitness classes where people are taking that type of approach where it's like, just keep it going. It doesn't matter if you're in pain. And I just never like that. And I'm not that type of person. And I appreciate that some people are motivated by that, but recognizing that it's okay to not be motivated by that and recognizing that we all have different ways of relating to goals and motivation and that it just so happens that for me anytime I feel that sense of forcefulness punishment urgency I generally start to dread that thing so my orientation towards my goals has to have or has to involve some degree hopefully a high degree of eagerness excitement or even the prospect of an immediate pleasurable reward. So when we talk about fitness, you know, some people just the knowledge that they're going to get this body of their dreams a year down the line is enough for them. Now that doesn't work for me. I need something immediately pleasurable. So whether that's incorporating something into my routine that is pleasant and I enjoy or 
rewarding myself immediately after. And again, it doesn't have to be like going out and getting ice cream if that detracts from the goal. It could be having my coffee after I do my morning walk or, you know, rewarding myself in some way that I really look forward to. And that makes me feel a degree of excitement about my goal. A small example of this as it relates to fitness is when I was enjoying going to the gym, I would actually have a series, a Netflix series, it was Downton Abbey, that I would only watch when I went to the gym and walked on the treadmill. So it kind of gave me that motivation to go because I wanted to watch the series and I wanted to know what was happening. And it also made the experience enjoyable for me. Now I'm more enjoying outdoor walking because it's summer and it's really nice and same thing I would find if I was getting really bored on my walks I wouldn't be as excited about them so having an audiobook like that has been life-changing for me I absolutely love my audiobooks and I want to keep reading them and I want to enjoy it and so it motivates me to go on that walk and then the third and I would argue most important shift that I made is making goals smaller, easier, and ones that I can actually believe I'm going to accomplish. So if I'm setting a goal, I almost always ask myself in that moment, can I see myself getting there? And it may feel like a bit of a stretch, but if the answer is, honestly, yeah, I can see myself getting there eventually, then that is what I start to work towards. But if the answer is no and my orientation towards the goal is like, I'm never going to get there or I don't see myself ever getting there. That's a good sign that I want to bring it a little bit closer to where I currently stand. And I'll give an example in a moment of how this has actually worked for me. So the thing is, is I do consider myself to be a generally lazy person, but if we reframe it, I like to do things in the lowest effort possible. So if something looks like it's going to take a considerable amount of effort, take me out of my routines in a huge way, I'm not going to be that motivated. And the reality is I'm probably going to check out. Now that's through trial and error of having tried giving myself these big lofty goals and just not really ever getting to that point and just forgetting about it because it feels like such a deviation from my normal life and if it requires a huge overhaul of my routine that's going to take like a huge amount of motivation to get there and so I like to be able to establish goals where I can visualize the path forward and I can visualize the immediate next step that I want to take and I can see myself getting there And I think that that plays such a huge role in. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My own success of having accomplished things. Now, what I want to be clear about is I can still have these really big, lofty goals overall, but when I create little micro goals to get there, I can experience the more frequent feeling of success that I really want to feel and that I think is really important to moving forward. Now, before I give an example of a time that I implemented this, and I've implemented it many times and it's been very successful in my life, but I want to give one specific example because it's very poignant. But before I do that, I want to say why I think this is really important. I think that feeling a sense of accomplishment and success, and like I said, confidence And competence is really important in being able to build momentum and accomplish goals. So if, for example, I have this massive five-year goal, it may feel so far away. And so everything day-to-day leading up to that may feel like nothing's happening, which can make me feel stagnant or even feel like failure and overwhelm. So to be able to create goals that I can actually see myself accomplishing in the moment that I set them, that I believe are possible, that will ultimately still support potentially a bigger goal, but I get to regularly experience provable progress, evidence that I'm moving forward, and the eventual success, which contributes to my confidence and contributes to the next goal that I'm going to have for myself. And... I also think that it's important to not be rigid, to be willing to adjust goals as needed. And, you know, sometimes we set these arbitrary goals for ourselves based on 
whatever information we have in a moment and then we feel so badly if we're not able to achieve that even if our circumstance has completely changed and so the takeaway here for me is when I'm setting a goal and then when I'm actually going about kind of accomplishing that goal I always consider what my most consistent orientation or attitude towards that goal is so if it's consistently or predominantly I can't do this or feeling overwhelmed or whatever it may be then I need to adjust I want to feel a predominant sense of confidence and competence and ability to get there even if it's you know 60% and then the other 40% is a little bit of overwhelm that's okay as long as I consistently feel like I can do it and it still means that I can have days where I don't see that and I feel a little bit discouraged but the overall attitude towards the goal is that it's possible and that's what keeps me going Okay, so I want to give an example that is provable and measurable, and that is with respect to my income. And I experimented with this last attitude towards goal setting, which is creating smaller goals that I could believe and see myself accomplishing. And so a bit of background is I've been self-employed for about two years, and I implemented this way of approaching goals I would say last year around August and how I changed my way of approaching my income is I had continuously had goals for a monthly income that I was not hitting they were high I consistently felt like I'm never gonna get there like this is so far beyond what is possible but I wanted to feel successful and that's what I thought I should be chasing so I put a number down and I was like I'm not gonna stop until I get there but what I was experiencing month to month was a consistent feeling of failure because I wasn't hitting the goal so let's say my monthly income goal that I had previously set when I was approaching it in such a way that was rooted in comparison and what I should be doing let's say hypothetically I don't remember but let's say my goal was I want to make ten thousand dollars a month And that feels big and that feels sexy. Okay, well, if I'm consistently making far below that, which I was, I'm not feeling too great. So I decided to completely change things to lower it to a level that to me was like, oh, that's not that much. But I think I could do that. So I did that. And let's say it was $3,000 a month. And then I started consistently hitting that. And then I started consistently feeling really confident about it. And then I started going beyond my previous goal of 10,000. And then I was like, whoa, okay. I feel really good about this goal. I feel really good about my ability to earn income. And I feel really successful here. And so just making that little shift, bringing it down to something that maybe on paper was like still good, but didn't feel like that big shiny number allowed me to actually build up the confidence and to experience on a month to month basis, consistently hitting my goal. I really don't think it matters what that goal actually is, but the feeling of hitting it and the feeling of being successful that matters. And like I said, it doesn't mean that I won't get to that bigger number that I once had in mind, but at least in the short term, I can experience 
that feeling of joy and success and feeling proud of myself. So just to summarize those three changes that I made, number one, giving myself permission to define my own goals for life. Number two, factoring pleasure and enjoyment into the equation. And number three, establishing goals that feel closer to where I currently am, feel like I could reasonably see myself accomplishing them, and that perhaps on some level feel a little bit easier. Those would be my main reflections right now on goal setting. Oh, little voice crack there. But I also wanted to share a couple other little thoughts. The first is being willing to be uncomfortable. So to consistently be seeing results that maybe aren't where you want them to be, but to persevere. And also to be uncomfortable in the sense that maybe other people are seeing you working towards a goal. In other words, seeing your work in progress and not seeing that final result and perhaps questioning when you're going to get there and you're feeling the pressure from them and yourself, but being willing to sustain that discomfort and not feeling like you have to turn in the opposite direction of the goal you're working towards. I think for me, anytime that I've accomplished something that I've been really proud of, it's involved periods of me sustaining a certain level of discomfort. Now, I know I said pleasure is important too, but of course, there's a balance to these conversations. And I have found that learning to regulate learning to still have faith in myself when I feel uncomfortable and maybe when things aren't in that moment looking like they're happening in the way that I want them to, that has been very valuable. And also learning to kind of zoom out a bit and look at the bigger picture rather than on the micro level. Like today I didn't quite accomplish my goal. Well, sometimes zooming out really helps me as well. Another word that came to mind when I was creating this episode that is so overused and so cliche, but, and I would say that also kind of gives me the ick, but we're going to talk about it anyways, is consistency. Now, I think the reason that it gives me the ick is because it makes me think of that same punitive kind of no questions asked, you have to be consistent every single day in the same exact way, that kind of attitude. I don't approach consistency necessarily in that way. I always like to look at things that I'm working towards as a garden and imagining that I'm tending to a garden. The garden's needs may be different day to day. They may not be the exact same every single day, but I do need to tend to it, to pay attention to it, to look and judge what it needs on any given day and to nurture it consistently in order for it to grow and flourish. And it's well understood that just like a garden, we can overdo it sometimes. We can overwater it, pay it too much attention, but we can also neglect it. And either thing can have a negative impact on the overall goal. So generally when it comes to consistently consistency, excuse me, I take a slightly more gentle approach to it in saying, you know, this may look different day to day if you consider all of the factors that go into what you're able to do every single day, whether that's energy levels or what you're dealing with emotionally, mentally, physically, or hormones, anything, to be able to still maintain that commitment to a goal, but to ask, okay, what feels doable and achievable today that will help me to move towards that? And recognizing that on some days it may look a little different. That's been really helpful to me. And then the last thing, short but sweet, 
this is a personal thing. I never or I try to never waste time being hard on myself for falling off track. I don't think that that helps me to get any closer to my goal to sit there and feel bad about myself and punish myself. Just getting started again will. So if I miss a day, it's not going to help me to actually accomplish my goal by sitting there and being mad at myself for missing a day. What's going to help me to accomplish it is to just get back on track and restart. Okay, let's get into some of today's questions from the anonymous submission. So someone said, what are your thoughts on having continuous self-improvement goals? Is it a result of hustle culture or a need to always be productive? I want to progress in my life and career, but it always feels like maybe these aren't the things I actually want, but what I have been told I want. Would love to hear your perspective on how to be more present and enjoying the results of meeting goals without moving on to the next too quickly. Okay, so I'm going to start with the first half of the question, which is what are your thoughts on having self-improvement goals? I have shared my thoughts here and there on this before. I feel like in the past, I would have only really had self-improvement goals, healing goals, things related to my well-being, etc. And that worked for me for a period of time up until the point where I began to question like, okay, is this something that I always need to be doing? Do I always need to be having all of these additional things in my life in order to just be well? And it started to feel like I was buying in a little bit too heavily into some of these narratives that told me if I didn't do X, if I didn't have a routine of doing X, or if I didn't have a certain self-improvement goal that I wasn't going to be well. I've found that when it comes to you know, self-improvement and healing or mental health. For me personally, there was a period where I kind of needed a little bit more support. I needed my goals to be predominantly focused on that area of life because I was making up for a lot of lost time where I had not considered my well-being and personal improvement whatsoever. So it was like kind of a phase where I definitely needed to pay a little bit more attention to that. And I have a lot of where I am now to thank for the fact that I did prioritize that. But I think I see it now as like a maintenance phase where I started to recognize that all of these routines I had established when I was really suffering with my mental health weren't necessarily serving the same purpose now that I felt a little bit better. And, you know, I can think about this in terms of... If you're going through for like physical rehabilitation, maybe you have an injury and then that injury gets to a point where it's been healed, maybe there's a little bit of upkeep to make sure that you don't re-injure yourself or that you can prevent that injury, but that may look very different from when you were actually in the thick of the healing process. And I think that it's okay to not be in the thick of the healing process and to not have such a focus on self-improvement all the time and I certainly felt myself getting to that point I would say within the last year where I was like I actually feel really good and I feel like the continuous focus on how I can be better and self-improve is actually making me feel almost worse so I sort of shifted my focus to different ways of relating to my life and my creativity and my space and my friendships and that has been really joyful for me so I think I think that self-improvement goals and wellness related goals 
and well-being related goals can serve a really good purpose and they did for me and they have for me and I'm not saying that I won't ever re-enter that phase but I think it's also okay to kind of have that take on sort of a maintenance phase sort of evolution and to be able to reinvest that energy into other things and I do feel like to your point about the whole like productivity hustle culture thing I think that I did feel those those elements of society meaning hustle culture and productivity culture I felt that those began to become infused in my wellness and my well-being and my attitude towards healing and all these things in the sense that I looked at myself as a project and you know trying to perfect every little thing trying to get everything to be the most efficient and I've taken a back seat from that I read a lot more fiction now I do what I need to do to make myself feel good. If I'm having periods of time where I am not feeling so great mentally or I want to focus on that a little bit more, then I know the tools that are at my disposal to lean into. But it's not something that I necessarily put pressure on myself to be such a predominant focus for the rest of my life. Another person said, how to motivate yourself when you're so far away from achieving your goal or dream. Again, I would say finding ways to bring the goals a little bit closer to where you currently are so that you can begin to actually experience the success of moving towards your goal or your dream. That's what works really well for me. Okay, I think I'll do one more question. This person said, I struggle to live by my values and align my actions with my words. I can articulate my intentions as they relate to self-care, productivity, being a good partner, but just cannot hold myself accountable for sticking to habits that will get me there. It destroys my feelings of self-worth and puts my relationship at work, or excuse me, at risk. So this speaks to kind of what I referred to in the beginning of the episode, which is the cycle I found myself in quite often and still do from time to time where, you know, I'm setting all these goals for myself. I'm not feeling myself make any momentum towards improve or achieving them. And then I feel badly about myself and then the cycle repeats. So maybe I get like this periodic burst of energy towards a goal that never seems to last, but then I can't actually make any change towards that and I the only way I can relate to this is when I was setting way too many goals that I felt very overwhelmed by I find it a lot easier to be accountable to things that feel accomplishable and sometimes you know when this person said self-care productivity being a good partner Maybe just focus on one of those things. That's what I've been successful with. Self-care. It doesn't have to be really big, complicated things. Just, you know, flossing my teeth every morning. I'll start with that and then I'll build from there. But I think, again, in the times where I've written down all these different things and my intentions and my goals... It's been overwhelming and again, making it easier on myself and finding ways to make it possible for me to accomplish things is what's really, really helped me. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you found something helpful in here. Again, I feel like my approach to goal setting is maybe a little bit different, but has really, really helped me. It's okay if you have a different approach. In fact, I think it's 
probably for the best that we all have different approaches, but maybe you found something in here that could help you to establish your own approach to setting goals and to feeling good and confident and like you're actually making progress towards things that are really, really valuable to you in life. So here's to that. Thank you for listening. As always, feel free to leave your thoughts in the Q&A feature on Spotify or in the anonymous submission link, which will be in the show notes. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 